It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, the big cat is back. That's right. Tomorrow night, we get to see Tiger in action. The QBE shootout starts today. One of golf's great designers joins us, and The Pro Show counts down to the holidays. We've got a great playlist today that'll help the uh, parking lot madness that you're probably dealing with. (laughs) Turn it up. Give me the peppers. You know what there, Mr. Wade Weezer? Yes, sir. Good afternoon on this fabulous Friday, by the and way. to you, sir. How are you? I'm not unwell, thank you. All right, very good. Um, speaking of parking lot madness, uh, went into the city yesterday for lunch to see a friend, my wife and I, okay. and um, Manhattan's not short on people. No, no, they're not. Not they're during not. the holidays. No, it's never never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> um, I know things were on hold for a while, but the hold button has, right. been, has been released. Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. You all right over there? I'm fine. I'm just uh, choking on myself. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yes, it was... Um, Got it. it. We went to Macy's once on New Year's Eve when I was in my early 20s. Holy cow. Yeah, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> did you? So did you do the ball and everything that... We literally just went to go Christmas shopping and to soak up the Christmas spirit and to get crushed on those escalators going up and down. Cause, but you said New Year's Eve. Um, oh, oh, excuse me, I apologize. Christmas Eve. Oh, on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve oh, okay. Yes. Christmas Eve, yes. Christmas Eve. I once did mass in St. Patrick's Cathedral, midnight mass on, oh, wow. on Christmas Eve. I never did that. That's pretty yeah. awesome, though. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I've, I've watched it before. It was pretty cool. I mean, there's something about that whole Rockefeller Center thing. Totally. You know, to us, you know, media geeks. So that, how'd your lunch go in New York? Uh, it was great. Okay. It was good. It was uh, it was it was very good. Um, you know, do you ever have a pretzel bun on a burger? Yes. Yes, I have. I'm a big fan. Yeah. We get I'm a them big home fan. Sometimes. You know, we get them home. And you know who else I'm a big fan of? It's our guest today. <laughs> wow. That was the, the most natural segue. Pretzel to our guest. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and, well, anyway, um, our man, Charlie Bergwin, uh, who started Stitch Golf, is coming to join us this afternoon. Uh, he is their chief designer and creative officer and founder and you know, I love digging into these minds, these creative minds from time to time. And we've had them over the years, you know, guys like um, Will Ahmed from Whoop and Harry Arnett from Municipal. And Charlie's just another one of those guys that I've met throughout, you know, my years in the golf business. And I think he's got a really cool story. He's a golfer um, that created a golfing line. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to this show that have an entrepreneurial spirit. So I think that... Uh, I like to feed that from time to time, sure. and uh, uh, Charlie had the time this afternoon to come and join us and and chat a little bit, and um, you know maybe he'll inspire a couple of people. You know, maybe maybe he'll even inspire you. You might. That's right. what I'm afraid of. Yeah, <laughs> we won't get you too inspired. This I don't afternoon. like to challenge myself anymore. So, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm done with that. <laughs> this is obvious. By the way, this is going right now. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The hey, so how's your holiday shopping going? Uh, yeah, Amazon's, you know, boxes everywhere, man. Okay. Boxes right. everywhere. All right. Well, uh, good luck with that. You know, Thank you. I'm going to wrap you... one of these days too. Yes. Well, <laughs> you've got time. You've got time. It's you, you're way ahead of the Macy's on Christmas Eve. Absolutely. I'm ahead of the schedule and progress it, is everything. It's as long as you make progress. Yes. And speaking of progress, <laughs> right. Uh, we are progressing once again through another week in golf, right? So this week we've got a couple events going on. I alluded to both of them in the opening there, but let's start with the QBE shootout. What was once formerly known as the Shark Shootout when it started about 30 years ago. Um, Somehow we lost that part of the title. I'm not quite sure yet, but uh, I like alliteration, though. Maybe. Yes. Maybe we will. um, Maybe. I don't know. The shark refers to Greg Norman. Sure. Figure it out there, Mr. Wade. All right. Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, They they are. They have teed off this morning and uh, they the event itself is a cool event. It is 12 teams, uh, partners. Two-person teams. I have to say two-person because there are some ladies playing as sure. well, which is cool. Um, Tiburon Golf Club, the gold course. And it is a three-day event, 54 holes. And the partners they play today, they play a two-person scramble. Saturday, they play select-to-drive alternate shot. 
which means that they both tee off. They find the best shot from there, and then they alternate into the hole. And then Sunday, it's your standard better ball of partners, which we're used to, which we a lot of people call four ball. Um, it's the type of play that you see a lot in the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, cool news about this event that came out this week. Next year, mm-hmm. this is going to be a co-sanctioned event between the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour, oh. and all of the teams are going to be mixed. Interesting. Yeah. So the CME, speaking of the ladies and the couple ladies that are there, the CME Group Tour Championship was just played here three weeks ago, which was won by Lydia Ko. Uh, second place, Leona McGuire, read the line. And um, I, don't, I don't let things go easily. Nope. Um, and they have a couple LPGA players here. Two of their biggest stars. Nellie Cord is there. Lexi Thompson is there. Uh, we have all sorts of cool teams that are there. Harris English and Matt Kuchar are there. They've won this three times. Max Homa, Kevin Kisner, two of the social media stars of the PIP program. Uh, Jason Day teamed up with Billy Horschel. Both of those guys love to play in this event. A cool team. They have You've got Steve Stricker and Cam Young. So a local favorite, Cam Young. And then you've got Steve Stricker. Of course, I mes- mentioned Nelly and Lexi. Uh, just to let you know, folks, if you're watching this this weekend, you're going to see a lot of good scoring. So if you're looking for people to struggle, this is not your <laughs> event. Um, the uh, In the last five editions of this, the average winning score was uh, over 31 under par. Wow. So you got to shoot 10 under a day to even compete. Expect some scores in the 50s today when you have a two-person scramble with two touring pros. Uh, all time in 33 editions, the average winning score is 29.7. Mm. So again, 10 under per round per day. Uh, even in alternate shot, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, it's it's a fun event to watch. It'll be on all weekend on the Golf Channel, and you can check it out. Another little event that's happening this weekend is the match 7.0, I guess we would call it. The match number seven. And everyone's pretty fired up about this. It's on Saturday night, and it just so happens to have Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth Ooh. going against Tiger Woods. And Rory McIlroy. That sounds entertaining. Well, you got the GOAT and the number one current player in the world versus JT, major champion this year, and Mr. Spieth, who, although he's not very skilled at pickleball, we've established, he (laughs) is definitely um, a, uh, what, four-time, three-time major winner. Um, 6 p.m. start, Turner Networks. Um, We haven't got a lot of announcements about what the coverage is going to be like or the um, Turner's that that's TNT, TNT, TBS. It's going to be on both of them. True TV. It's going to be on all of them. It's Tiger Woods is on, man. It's going to be on like six channels. Think of it like the NCAA. It's like the president speaks. It's on every channel. Yes, it is. Well, it's Tiger. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, we don't see him often anymore. So when we do, let's just, you know, that's right. Fire up the engines. Absolutely. Right. For sure. Now they're going back. So it's, it's interesting. There's a trend going on here. So, the QBE is being played at Tiburon on the gold course where the ladies played the last week of their LPGA season. And then the week before that, they played a place called the Pelican Golf Club down in Tampa. And that's where this match is going. And they're going to play 12 holes. They start at 6 p.m., uh, which is basically dusk, yeah. even in Florida, even though they're a little west of us. And they're going to put lights on. It's going to be pretty cool. 12 yeah. holes. I have seen sure. I've seen the routing because there's 18 holes there, obviously, that the ladies played four weeks ago there in the Pelican Women's Championship. But the men tomorrow afternoon are going to play or tomorrow evening are going to play 12 of the holes. Uh, seen the routing. And um, if you're looking for a complete breakdown, we're going to do a little because, you know, when the goats playing, we got to break it down. We got it. We got to break it down. Right. So uh, we are going to do a little special edition read the line delivery tomorrow. So if you've if you've paused or you've been under a rock somewhere or you've been in, I don't know, in a Russian prison camp, wherever you've been. OK, um, you can go to readtheline.com. You can subscribe. It's free. And tomorrow you'll get the full breakdown on match number seven between Tiger and Rory. I mean, obviously, this thing we will be able to bet upon. I know our friends at Points Bet are ready to have you bet on every hole, every outcome. <laughs> they are completely uh, geeked up for this thing. Um, they were a year ago for Brooks and Bryson. And this thing is going to be just as good, if not better, for the opportunity to have some fun. And, you know, you don't have to bet $100 a hole, folks. But you can have some fun with it. Uh, you can you can completely um, go through and enjoy the experience of the 12 holes or as many holes as they need to play. It is match play. So once Tiger and Rory go up three with one hole to play, yeah. it's over. But it is what it is. Um, 
we will go through uh, the hole-by-hole breakdown, letting you know who we think will win. And um, no foreshadowing, though. I okay. mean, you're going to try to get it out of me. Sure. I could tell. I could tell already that you're going to try to get it out of me. But um, it's interesting because the 12 of the 18 holes that they did choose definitely favors one side versus the other in my mind. Okay. And, you know, this. I'll mix us a drink and we'll see if you talk after that. This. this <laughs> Unlock well, the vault. Yes, exactly. Well, at the end of the day, right, this is my job, right? I break these things down do. and you look at them and there's trends and the trend is your friend, right? And we found out over the course of the year with 12 wins that um, more often than not, as a PGA professional handicapping these things, we can we can contend all of the time and sometimes we win. And just picking one team versus another tomorrow in golf, um, I like our chances. So we're going to have some fun with that and uh, get to the internet, to the interwebs today, as I love to say. And uh, go to readtheline.com, subscribe, just throw your email address in there, it's free. I don't spam a bunch or anything. I just throw out the stuff that you wanna read, which is, of course, our full breakdown on the match number seven tomorrow there, Mr. Wade Weezer. That's it. Yeah, you know? And if you want the full breakdown on what's going on uh, with our friends over at the New Jersey Golf Foundation, mm -hmm. right? You can always go to their website. I just read their, their fourth quarter report my friend, right? How did you and get they, access to that? Well, because I'm on their mailing list. Oh, okay. And and they're friends of ours, right? Um, I'll get to the read in a second here, so hopefully this doesn't run out too quick. But uh, <laughs> the music, that is. But they had a very successful year. You remember they opened the Inspiration Driving Range back in, in late March. Um, all of their programming and everything, all of the donations and everything that they've done, everything that they could increase, they did. And it wasn't, it's not like a pandemic thing, like they weren't doing things last year. Mm. They just continue to grow and grow the game and do all sorts of special things for all of our New Jersey, New Jersey golfers. So without a doubt, the New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Burners Township, is the new home site of golf programs for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Open to the public during the season, proceeds from the Inspiration Range will support foundation programs and events in 2023. Can't see, can't wait to see what they come up with. To learn more, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. <laughs> Quarter past three here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with the creative mind behind Stitch Golf, Charlie Bergwin. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop chop, he says I'm going to win big. Choose not a life of imitation. Distant positive. John Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy. When Keith, it comes to it. clearing it out, y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe <laughs> well, Jenkins, team Mark, of me. Mark, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township, is buzzing as the new home site for golf programs in support of youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Led by PGA professionals, PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, is a weekly rehabilitative golf program for veterans that is changing and saving lives. Special Olympics New Jersey golf athletes will be training and competing at the Inspiration Range throughout the fall season, and a lineup of youth programs will also be on the schedule. The Inspiration Golf Range is open to the public and proceeds support the New Jersey Golf Foundation programming. To learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show, great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Today's guest is a designer. Charlie Bergwin is a creative mind who loves golf and took that passion and ran with it. What started out is small is now larger than life in golf. A cool combination of innovation and imagination. Oh, 
Paul Bergwin's brilliant designs are making a mark in our game. Let's check in with Charlie and see what he has in store for us this afternoon. Charlie Bergwin, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon, my friend? Good afternoon, Keith. I'm doing fantastic. Well, you know what? We got you a little fired up there with a little boss up here in New Jersey, right? And you've had me fired up for years. I love to jump right into interviews. And we're here talking about your company, Stitch Golf. And I always wonder these things when I have innovators or creators, designers, founders, entrepreneurs on the show, right? What was the first time you came up with the idea for this cool company? It's a great question. Uh, You know, I don't know if it was when I was a junior golfer, like I would think probably my junior golf days were very influential on me when I would, I wasn't the best player, but I loved to play. I was, you know, good, but not good enough. And, uh, but I like to take my golf bag and make my golf bag look different than everybody else. And I think I was more concerned with how my bag looked, whether it was, you know, put together or, or I take some electrical tape and add a ping hoofer bag and I would put some stripes on the leg or take a tailor-made head cover and flip it inside out. I think that may have been the inspiration in the very beginning that I know that people like to look good, feel good. Maybe they play good. Um, so I don't know if that's really where the company started, but definitely was my passion that I became obsessed with that it eventually led to me starting Stitch Golf. Now, you know, I'm a PGA professional, so I love a good golf inception story, right? Like, where, where did your love for the game come from? Who taught you to play? Was it a parent, mom, dad, or maybe a local pro? Um, how did you get into golf then? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town in eastern North Carolina until age 13. And um, I did play some golf when I was in, you know, before the age of 13 and at this place called Beachwood. And it's the same club where my grandfather played and my dad learned to play and there was a pro named Eddie Pinnock. And so he taught me to hold a club, swing a club. And my parents would put me in golf camp during the summer. And then occasionally my dad would take me out to play. Um, fast forward to age 13, my parents moved to the South end of Myrtle beach to Myrtle's Inlet, South Carolina. And we lived in a neighborhood called watch us all plantation. There were not that many kids, a uh, pretty quiet place. And, uh, looking for an activity and something to do. And uh, we were building a house at the time where my parents were building a house at the time. And the house that we were renting while our house was under construction was a cottage. And the cottage sat on the, uh, at the basically sat on the tee box of the driving range. And uh, so my mom handed me my dad's golf clubs. And uh, so I had some familiarity with the game, but then went out and just started banging balls because kind of was bored looking for something to do and uh, really fell in love with the game of golf, love chipping, love to, hit bunker shots and uh, just hit the ball hard, you know, on the range. So it became a lot of fun. So I think that was where my love of the game came from. And uh, there was a lot of great pros that helped me along the way when I was young. And Bill Burkhart was the pro at, uh, at watch us all at the time. And uh, so, yeah, those guys were terrific. They were great role models and loved to play. And uh, so, yeah, so just youth and growing up playing the game and just getting introduced to it and just fell in love, you know, golf's like a, it can be very addictive, and I would say I became addicted. All right. So currently, then, what what's the addiction part of golf? Right. You talked about being a junior golfer and getting into it, but like when you want to go play now, or you're thinking about playing, right? What drives you to want to play now? Then uh, being able to beat my son. Uh, so I have a, a son who just turned 14, and he's been playing for the last year, and he caught the golf bug last summer. Um, we live at a beautiful club in Cary, North Carolina, called Prestonwood, and we're so fortunate. My brother is one of the golf pros there, and he's built an incredible junior golf program. So if you go on the driving range after school or during the summer, uh, you know, for a 14-year-old child or 13-year-old child, he can go out, and there's just tons of kids. There's 25, 30 kids out there practicing every day. Um, so now my goal is, you know, try to beat my son, which I've unsuccessfully been able to do the last six or seven times we've gone out. And uh, so that's really the passion is, is watching him play now. Uh, example went out yesterday and he, he sent me a text, Hey dad, I'm on my way home from school. You want to go chip and putt? And he, I started watching him hit flop shots and just, you know, watching the, him be able to use the bounce and just brush across the grass and the sound of that and watch him hit 35, 40 balls and take no divots off of some wet, Bermuda grass that I would have stuck it three inches into the ground. I got a 
you know, and was super impressed. And so that became really what's driving me. Like, I want to play better so I can compete with him. But watching him play has been just a true a true passion, and uh, that's what's becoming addictive, watching somebody else fall in love with it. You know, the purity of watching kids hit shots is just one of my, it was like one of my most favorite things in the world to watch, you know, go out with my kids and watch them hit shots and they don't think about anything. And, and somebody asked me just the other day, they said, you know, what's the hardest part of golf? And I said, my memory, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it, it is true, man. It is true. Kids are fearless. And uh, so, you know, one of kind of a fun little backstory as we get into stitches that uh, my partner in the company now is, he became my partner a couple of years ago in the company is a guy named Brad King and Brad was my high school golf coach. And um, we've got a, a really funny story about where we kind of connected um, and it was all over this lob wedge and it was at the club where I'm a member. And um, so last night, just to kind of circle this up, I sent him a text and he used to try to get me to chip with a nine iron. I loved to like fly the ball and see if I could fly it in the hole. There was a golf digest spread at the time with Phil Mickelson in the early nineties. And he was hitting these crazy cool flop shots and, you know, skipping it across the water. And so I love the creativity of that, of the short game. So last night I sent Brad a text and it was my, it was my son, Will, uh, hitting flop shots by the green. And, and, uh, and it was, we had a good chuckle and he texted me back. He said, fearless, love it. So yeah, there is, it's incredible. Love it. No fear. Well, I'll tell you what, when it comes to design, I think you pretty much have no fear. And folks, if you're wondering who that voice is with me on this afternoon here on the Pro Show, that's Charlie Bergwin. He is the chief designer, founder of Stitch Golf, a really kind of cool, innovative company. And you touched upon this earlier. You know, you had this kind of eye for wanting to be creative with your golf bag as a junior player, right? And you just mentioned the word creativity. You love to hit flop shots when you were a kid. You love to do all these things. And now that's developed into a design sense, right? Was there a moment that you started to really kind of foster this in yourself? Was there a mentor along the way? I'm kind of, I'm always curious about how somebody who comes out with like a new product or a new line of clothing after, you know, another season or something like that, not necessarily getting into the process yet, but like just for yourself, you know, how did you start to notice that? And then how did you start to foster it? Yeah, so so growing up in a small town, my parents had a retail store, a men's, women's, um, children's, kind of like a micro department store. And, um, you know, my mom would take me everywhere with her. If it's buying clothing at the clothing market or clothes would come in, um, she'd let me help design the kids' area, which was really fun and interesting, everything from the colors to the themes on the walls to how the racks looked. And uh, so... I think I really love the concept of merchandising, like putting something together and making it look great and what your mind's eye kind of tells you it is. And um, so that was really my early things was my mom helping me along the way. And then as I got into my adult career, I, I worked at Ashworth when they had the license for Callaway Golf. And there was a, a great designer that I met the first day I was there and I was 24 years old. And, and it was very much like uh it was a, kind of an aha moment. The guy's name is Eddie Fidel, and Eddie is, is today still one of my role models and spoke to him last week, sent him a text yesterday. Um, so just a great, uh, you know, great merchant, really good at putting together groups and collections, and I admired that. And then along the way, you meet people, and, you know, I met a guy named Chris Knott, and Chris started a company called Peter Millar, and it happened to start on the same street that Stitch started up on. And uh, so, yeah, so you find some people like that that you're like, these are pretty cool guys and I like what they're doing or like the way they're dressing. And next thing you know, you find your own your own rhythm. And, and for the longest time of what my style is, I almost you, you kind of run away from it. You try to emulate others. But eventually, as you get really into this, you find you have your own style and your own voice. And you've got to accept that and really, you know, passion that. One of the things that I learned early in life from, from Bill Burkhart was, who was the pro at Watch Us All was I was getting a golf lesson one day and I said, Hey, Bill, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And he said, well, why don't we focus on what you do right and, and just get better at it. And I think designing a clothing and designing product is, is that way you find the way that you do it and just accept it. It's what you do well and just learn to do it better. All right, let's dig a little deeper here for a second. I want to go back before Eddie, cause there's a lot of people that listen to this show and you know, they have an entrepreneurial soul. Right. And they may not want to be a designer, but they want might want to create something else. And I'm wondering I'm always wondering how the development of this process happens and people find their career paths. So let's go back. You leave NC State. Right. 
and you start to, you know, you're a college graduate and you're, you're saying to yourself, okay, now what am I going to do? So before you get connected up with Eddie Fidel, right? What do you, what are the things, what are the markets, what are the things, the paths, the journeys that you are testing, trying to figure out how you're going to satiate this kind of, you know, inner designer, inner creative need that you have? Yeah. So, so early on when I was in school, I actually started, I was, um, I worked on getting my class A, got my class A, became a PGA professional, was a, you know, I had my class A for 22 years, just got my amateur status back, and that only took about, uh, I think it took 10 minutes. So that tells you what a great uh, PGA professional in terms of career earnings I had. But during that process, I, um, I started a junior golf tour when I was at NC State. And so it was like Little League for kids, and it didn't exist in Raleigh. And so that gave me a kind of a thirst for business that, hey, I can go out and do stuff. But now, in, in terms of starting Stitch, it was you, you kind of I kind of stumbled into it, and uh, you know it was you know I, I started this company. I, I worked for Callaway Golf for ten years, doing the Ashworth or Ashworth doing the Callaway Golf license, and um, you know I kind of stumbled into starting Stitch. I'd started another clothing brand with somebody else, and we had some success, and it was great. Sold a lot of really cool clubs, very innovative product, and. You know, the next thing you know, I, 10 years later, I'm sitting here now and, and, and in an office covered in product from shirts to shorts to golf bags to putter covers, and it, the list goes on and on. And sometimes I wonder, how did I get here? I, I really don't know. And it was not that I had a grand business plan in the very, very beginning that it would, did occur as we started to get further and mature, and, and uh, Brad came into the business and investors came into the business. We did establish a very um, cool plan of, of attack and execution. But at the beginning, I, I keep that kind of just stumbled into it. It just happened. So that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm thinking about this as if I was watching this on Netflix or something like this, you know, the Charlie story, and we're putting all this together. And I'm wondering, like, where are the moments when you're with Callaway or you're building the junior tour that you start to look in the mirror and you start to notice things and you're putting, you know, how, how do you put the pieces of the puzzle together? I think for so many people, it's tough in this world for them to like kind of see what it is they're doing. And then, you know, are you the type of person that journals over time or do you just do you spend some time in thought? I mean, I'm always curious because you become very successful and I think that there's keys along the way that you do that are practices, maybe not something you do every day, but maybe once a week that have led to you getting to this point down the road. Because I, I think it's great that you think, man, I'm lucky that I got here. But there's an old saying, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I want to dig into the work a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like a method, how I get to somewhere, I, it, it's again, it's like it's about, as I mentioned, my design style, you know, you try to I try to create a style and and I needed to be authentic and as I came authentic to myself in terms of my own personal style and got there, I recognized that it was a process to get to my creative space. And for me, I know you love music. I love music. Um, you played some great Bruce Springsteen in the intro. I was actually yesterday listening to um, an album that somebody did, a guy named Ryan Adams, who's from North Carolina, another great creative singer songwriter. And uh, he did a cover of uh, the Nebraska album. And so yesterday I found myself falling into that rabbit hole of listening to music. And the result of it is when I get into the right music, the right sounds, the next thing you know, it just, it, you get some clarity, it gets quiet in your head. And then all the ideas just start coming out and I'll go home at night. And I wouldn't say that in the office, traditionally I get a ton of stuff done, but I'll go home at night and, you know, see my wife and kids and family and have a good time. And then when my wife's putting our kids to bed, I've got an old set of Bose headphones and I put them on. And, and you, next thing you know, you're, you're down that rabbit hole of you know, listening to John Mayer for a little bit. Then you listen to the dead. Then you go and listen to the Allman Brothers. And, and the next thing I know is I've got my phone and my Apple phone. I've got a, a note section. And uh, when I take the headphones off every day, for some reason, I've got five or six what I think are incredible notes about products or ideas. And then the next day I go in and get with the team and say, okay, here's what I was thinking about last night. So um, definitely have found a process and I enjoy that process. I think it's probably one of my most treasured, precious times of the day. It's just that quiet moment of putting the Bose headphones on, sitting in this great kind of velour crushed chair in my living room. And the next thing you know, it's some days nothing comes out, but days when it does, it's phenomenal. I, I love it. That's kind of a good rush. 
Well, I'll tell you, music's always been a universal language and it opens up our brains in ways I don't, I don't even believe we can all understand, but it, it's kind of cool how you, you lock into that mode. Right. And, you know, developing that over time. I mean, you talk, you talk about it now in the present, but it, it had to, there had to be some trial and error along the way in order to kind of come up with that, with that pattern, you know, um, what are some of the different other things that you tried in order to try to, you know, really kind of hone in on and who you are and who you were becoming as a designer? Yeah. I, I don't know if there's things that along the way that I can call out that I did that were maybe, you know, I, I used to, I used to do some journaling and I would do a lot of journaling when I would go to Asia or fly around the world pre pandemic. I was, I was in Vietnam or China or, you know, uh, could be in Japan or Thailand. I was there a hundred days a year. And so I spent a lot of time on an airplane and uh, I do carry a journal and I do write ideas and then I do go and shop. And I love to go shop. I think shopping is a really fun thing to do and look and see what other great creative people are doing um, right before the pandemic, I was in Paris for a week, and 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 I thank everybody, my business partners and the people at Stitch that you know really do all of the work to let me go do stuff like this. And my wife is, I, I would go to Paris and do the same thing, just put my headphones on and go for a walk and go and shop. And you know, I like to do that, and I think some of those things are great. But you know, you see what everybody else is doing, and I really like to say Stitch the original because I want to do what what's in our head and what we're committed to, and just as you are, I'm, and probably your listeners, I'm a super passionate golfer. I, I love the game of golf. And uh, when we get done with this call, I'm, I've got a new product and I'm going to go out and play. And so that's always a great way to kind of another like trial and error of like, is this good? Do you like it? And you get inspired as you go and get inspired while you're in the field doing the act. All right. You know what? It- I could go on down this, this rabbit hole for a long time, um, but yeah, I'm getting the nod from my producer right now. We, we got to jump to a quick commercial. Um, hold tight for a second, Charlie. I, I, I've got some more in store for you. Um, give me a second, okay? Look forward to it, Keith. Up next, more with the creative chief of Stitch Golf, Charlie Bergwin. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. you got a great voice it's for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Charlie Bergwin. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Hey, everybody, don't panic. Here's a little vibe to get the weekend started off right. Nice choice on the song here, Mr. Wade Weezer. I think you're opening up our brains. Let's see if someone needs to. Yes. Let's see if uh, let's see if this will help us uh, unlock the key behind uh, Charlie's door. All right, turn it up. Let's go with this. Here we go. Boom. 
appreciate that there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Let's jump back in here with Charlie Bergwin. Charlie, I've always kind of had this idea that like designers are like engineers in a way, right? Um, or like architects in, in such that when you, when you are designing something, right, do you think like, where does the why come in? You know, like it's almost like when you're, when you're building something, you're, you're also thinking about not just the usefulness, but like people coming in and they're saying, well, you know, why did you do this, Charlie? Right. And is that, does that become part of the process when you're whiteboarding these different things? I mean, you talked about taking the, taking an item out and testing it, but even prior to that, right. Are there other people resources that you use as sounding boards in order to kind of question what it is that you're building? Yeah, you know, so a sounding board, a great sounding board for, for me in the very, very beginning was the PGA Tour. And uh, so I hired a tour rep right when I started the company. And so it was when we were making at that time, we were making just club covers and some valuables pouches and some small leather items. And our PGA Tour rep would go out and give it to players on tour. In the beginning, we were just giving it away. We never charged and we still don't charge for them, but we um, he was out there giving it away. And the next thing you know, um, We've got Tiger Woods. This is years ago. We had Tiger Woods using stitch head covers. We had Dustin Johnson, which I believe he still uses head covers. We had people like Brooks Kepka and, and, and somebody, one of the executives at, at one of the other big companies told me the number of, uh, the number of products that we had on the tour. And I was like, wow, that is pretty cool. These guys are using the product. And so they became a great feedback or just sounding board for, you know, how to make the product better. And they liked using the product. And so, um, the PGA Tour, I can't think of an, 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 a better sounding board um, than your friends. Your friends are always the other ones, too. So if you're making products, you give them to your friends, and you try to answer that question, why you made it like this or why you did that. And your, your friends that are, you know, you're really close with, like my Friday golf group or um, guys I went to college with, they'll tell you pretty good, good, bad, or ugly. And so I've always relied on the players on the PGA Tour and relied on my friends. And now my son's kind of my new sounding board. For us, it's cool because we've noticed that the junior golf tournaments we'll go to, and this is probably one of the prouder moments, is that if there's 100 kids playing, there might be 20 kids playing a ping golf or playing a stitch golf bag, which me coming up in the day, it was like everybody had a ping bag. And to see us to start to make that, um, that's good feedback for me. So that's definitely a great sounding board and feedback from tour players, friends, and, and the kids, the new golfers of today. Yeah, I would say if you show up in an event and you're seeing your own products there and, you know, you, you're doing your very best to create the best things that you can and you're seeing them out in the marketplace and you're thinking to yourself, man, that's pretty cool because it started out as an idea and not every idea is a great idea. So you're talking to your Friday, you know, golfing group, your buddies, and, you know, they're, you, you came up with a great idea and then they start to vet it out and you find out very quickly that they don't think it's a great idea what happens then, you know, cause I always wonder like not every business idea is a successful one, right? How do you treat your failures and then how do you pivot from there? Yeah. You know, I, I love that the, the Ed R. Bargwin, who's the pro at Duke university. I always admired him a lot and I admired him for multiple reasons. But one of the reasons I really admired Ed is they had a saying over there. When you call Duke university golf club and you get his voicemail it's, he had this saying, he said, getting better every day is, you know, he would leave that on his voicemail. This is the Duke University Golf Club and we're getting better every day. And I thought, you know what, that's a good, a good idea. If you can get better every day at what you do. So when you design in products and, you know, it's, it's always going to be better. If I showed you the very first stuff I ever did, which I have, I'm probably embarrassed by it because you, you get this feedback over the years and you know, you got to get better and you got to make the quality better and you got to get very deep into the details. And so when you've got a product, that's great. It's great. When you got a product and your friends are giving you feedback, you got to accept it. And it's a great form of humility and you got to be a sounding board. You got, don't become defensive and, and try to explain it. Just listen because they're there telling you something that's important or something that they see in the product. And, you know, you get that feedback and just, just put it into the process and just start tearing it apart and figure out how do you make these improvements. But, you know, that's one of the things that I've always cherished is, is what Ed left on that voicemail or how his voicemail was the getting better every day. And so uh, as a designer, as a business owner, I think you got to think that way is that we put a product out, be humble and just focus on getting better every day. Charlie, I love how you kind of set up the timeline of that whole 
you know, answer to that question because you said, you know, in the beginning, you're like, I made these things and, you know, well, I still have them, but I, I love to see how much I have grown. Right. And I think that that's really kind of a cool part of of any process. And now you've come. We are about to start 2023 back from where you started. Right. That there's a ton of golf equipment out there. There's a ton of golf shirts out there. There's a ton of golf clothing out there. Right. After 10 years of doing this, 10 years plus. Right. Where do you feel like you are now? What differentiates your product from someone else's? Let's say just the golf bag or the travel equipment. You know what I mean, what makes Stitch special? You know, I think it, um, I used this word earlier. It's an, you know, it's very authentic. And I think as if I as I've gone through this process, and and it is a humbling, it's an exciting process. I've learned to become incredibly authentic to myself and to what my mind's eye sees in terms of a taste level and in terms of a product. And you know, th- that's really a big to me. It's just to stay authentic. And I can say that that I know we make the best product in golf. Our golf shirt is the best collar you'll ever wear. And I know that for a fact because I developed it, I designed it, I researched. I'm a little obsessive when it comes to researching and details. I took every golf collar in golf, and other people have made the claim. And I see companies still making the claim today, and it kind of makes me a little bad because, you know, I know I made the best collar in golf, and I need to get out and tell people about it. And so, you know, I think that's what's really important. And I think I'm going back to that word authentic is – Stay authentic to who you are and what you believe in, what your passions are. Tap into your style and just stay true to that and not try to be somebody else. And I can see that today. It's somewhat flattering because every head cover out there looks like a stitch head cover. The major golf brands are all trying to make a bag that looks like a stitch bag. Major brands are trying to emulate what we did in the collar with this signature under button. And I said, okay, I'm doing some things that are really good and things that people are copying. Okay, that's flattery. But I get more excited because I know what's next. And so I've spent the last couple months working on 2025. I'm done with 2024. And I spent a lot of time yesterday on it. And I can tell you, it just gets better. It gets better and better when you stay authentic to who you are and you follow and beat to your own drum and you try to pull the customers to where you want to go. You meet them where they are and try to pull them a little bit closer to where you think you'd like to see everybody. So authenticity is super important. All right. Well, I can appreciate that you're ready for 2025, but I'm working on Christmas this year. So let's back it up a little bit. What's the authentic plan for 2023? Authentic plan for 2023. Oh, boy. You know, it's innovation and it's cool product. And and we launched the Stitch My SL1 this year, which I think is just a rock star of a bag. Anytime you can let the consumer be a part of the design process. And for the listeners that don't know what my is, it's make it yours. And it's a thing that's been a passion project for mine for a long time. And it's the ability to let a consumer come in and pick the chassis, which is the center part of the golf bag and then pick their pocket and then pick their strap. And so we've been test marketing this for the last couple months and we had some great success with it. And we're getting ready to dive a lot deeper into the make it yours and the innovation, I love the innovation of things we do. When you get a text message from somebody or a, a note from somebody about cool products, we just introduced the MUT, the multi-use traveler. And let me tell you, I've been around the country, traveled, seen a bunch of great clubs over the last few months. And the first time people, you show them the MUT, the first thing they go is, no way, I can't believe you did that. The next thing it says, hold on, can you do that again? I've got to go grab a couple people here. And what it is, it's a duffel bag that is a rolling duffel bag, and, um, and it's a great rolling duffel bag. It's kind of what you're going to use each and every day. But there's a secret to this rolling duffel bag is there's a single zipper that if you pull this zipper to completion, the, band, the bag then expands into that club carrier. So, you look, we're all golfers. We know we've bought club carriers over the year, and they just sit in your garage, and they sit in your attic, and they sit somewhere and collect cobwebs, and we spent, you know, three or $400 on this bag. And we only use it once in a while. And so we really wanted to create this bag that you could use every day. And it's great quality. You're going to love using this bag for travel. And then there's moments where you're lucky enough to go and take a great golf trip to Pinehurst or Pebble Beach or Bandon Dunes or, you know, somewhere around the world. And you need that club cover, club carrier, just pull that zipper and you go. So uh, 2023, super excited because I think we're given the golfer, the consumer, our customers, our fans, the people that we really drive this company, something that they can't get from anywhere else. Well, you're also giving it to my listeners this afternoon. There's no doubt about that, Charlie Bergwin. So 
give me an idea. Is it, is it just the Stitch website or you on social media? What's the best way for people to keep up with all the plans for 2023 and beyond? Yeah, so future development, you know, definitely follow us on Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, um, it seems I think Instagram's probably our most popular platform. We also do a little TikTok. Um, so I think that's a great way to see what's new and what's coming out and kind of sometimes get a little bit of a sneak peek. Uh, and then visit our website, stitchgolf.com. It's a great site. It's easy to navigate, shop. And uh, I will tell you that I am so proud of our team at Stitch for their ability to ship product. I've got a, an app on my phone that I can track how long does it take them to ship the average order. And we ship orders within 24 to 48 hours all year long, super consistent. So visit stitchgolf.com and follow us on Instagram. All right, Charlie Bergwin, I got one little more tradition that I want to take you through. I'll be brief, I promise. But uh, my listeners love to get to know my guests even more intimately than you and I have spoken this afternoon. And we, we do a little rapid fire Q&A. Are you up for this? Let's do it, Keith. All right. We'll start with uh, maybe an easy one. Uh, what's your favorite color? Blue. Where was the first date you went on with your wife? Uh, movie theater. What movie did you see? Uh, Broken Arrow. Travolta? Yes. Wow. All right. Biggest pet peeve in a retail store? Uh, not having enough inventory. Describe 2022 in one word. Beautiful. How many hole-in-ones do you have? Zero. Zero? My son has one, cost me a thousand, but I have zero. Oh man! All right, on a, on a scale of one to ten, rate your punctuality. Getting better every day, so I'm going to say five. All right, you can travel any place and time in history. Where would you go? 1934, the first Masters. Ooh, good one there. All right. If we made a movie about your life, what actor would play you? I think my wife would like to see Will Ferrell play me, uh, but I'm going to say Ryan Reynolds. All right. Very so, good. So I take that back. I think my wife would like to say Daniel Craig because she's obsessed with James Bond, so Daniel Craig. All right. When you hear the word innovator, who's the first person that comes to mind? Uh, Steve Jobs. Well, you know what? Mr. Jobs is a great one, but he's passed by. So if I'm thinking about the living, Charlie Bergwin, as an innovator, I'm thinking about you, my friend. I can't thank you enough for being on the pro show this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Certainly appreciate it. You know what, folks? We're fastly running into 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with always the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns you around into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate it. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And, uh, ooh, all right, I know where you're going here. I know that riff for sure. Little Jerry and the boys. All right, but first of all, you know the podcast for this show is going to get posted tonight on all the platforms. Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes. Did I miss one? YouTube. There's so many. Oh, there you go. Um, 
social media you know you can follow me on twitter instagram at, at kj stewart pga look us up um i'm always there on linkedin uh tiktok you know we read the line we're always having fun over there too as well um you can know if you're traveling you can follow this show anywhere 920espnnewjersey.com just hit that listen now button like if you're charlie down in north carolina or folks match breakdowns coming go to readtheline.com and subscribe now cosmic charlie I tell you, it's amazing to me how your brain works, right? Or your search engine, whatever it is. Or that. You know, you hear, you heard in that whole interview, you heard two things. You heard his name, Charlie, and then you heard Grateful Dead at one point, And then this is where we go. And now he's gone. He can't even hear it. Epic playlist. Oh, he's listening. Oh, come on. He's, you kidding me? He tunes in every week. <laughs> okay, good. That's how he earned a spot here for sure. And um, speaking of earning a spot here, uh, we got to talk real quick about the holidays. And of course, our friends at TaylorMade Golf. Now, there's a million things that I could say about the stealth that haven't been said already, even throughout the course of the 2022 season. But you know what? We have got to get out and, you know, maybe just go to TaylorMadeGolf.com and get yourself a gift card or something for the person that you don't know what to get them. Right? The TP5 golf ball, there's so many different offerings there, right? And we don't even know what's coming yet for 2023, but we will know soon. So, so you're saying that gift card is like it's a gift card to the future. It's a gift you don't card. It's coming. It's a gift card that opens smiles and happiness, my That's friend. Fantastic. That's it's fantastic. It's magical. the key. It's the key to a golfer's heart. And the only place you can find it is, of course, TaylorMadeGolf.com. Before you start, I, I, I like to play sound effects during here. You know what I mean? You know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here's one. Happy birthday oh, to you. <laughs> Yesterday was Keith's birthday. Uh, this is true. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Happy uh, birthday, buddy. Um, I appreciate that. That's, um, <laughs> you try very hard every week to get me to stumble. I do, to and, break your uh, momentum. Yeah, and um, you uh, that's the one thing that gets me. Okay. Uh, how about a double down under, folks? Melbourne, Australia. We're going down there, yes, because the Australian, US, uh, the Australian Open was there. Now, the prize money may have been smaller, than some of the other stages in golf. It's not the but size. It was massive what they pulled off as the historic first running of both the men's and women's national championships simultaneously on the same courses and for the same payoff. So let's start with the men. Adrian Moronk, his victory in the men's tournament uh, will be far more valuable than the $183,000 he bagged for defeating local hero Adam Scott in an exciting finish on Melbourne's famed Sand Belt course. All right. Melbourne, he secured his second DP World Tour victory of the year, beating his childhood idol with a 66 on the final day at Victoria Golf Club. Not to be outdone, right? Moronk's win was set against the narrative of the 10th oldest golf tournament in the world, pulling off the world's first national open to host both its men's and women's championships at the same time. Now, I'm making a big deal about this. I mean, like U.S. Open tennis does it every year. Mm -hmm. but, but in golf, this is kind of a vanguard thing. Now, they, ha they struggled with having so many players there over the weekend, you know, because both tournaments make the cut, so, you know, so on and so forth. But in the group preceding Scott, Lee and Moronk, who are in the final group there, um, coming up the 18th hole, the reigning women's um, Open champion, Ashley Buhai, she defeated two-time women's British Open winner, Jihai Shing, by one shot. So they had the ladies' final finish, winner, men's final group finish, winner, right? Mm. Unbelievable. Um We've always wondered if this was possible. Now we've seen it. Uh, it'll take some work, I think, to refine it, but they've they've crossed that bridge, right? And the bridge didn't collapse, so this no. is a good thing. Uh, we've proven the two tours could exist at the same venue. Very cool, very cool. Oh, keep, I love this one. This was funny last weekend. Keep an eye on Rory. Most golfers would love to copy Tiger Woods' swing, but the 15-time major champion has other ideas for his son, Charlie. The Young Woods went viral last month when a video of his driver swing at the Nota Begay III Junior Golf Championship made the rounds across social media. Some were saying his swing looked like a hybrid of Tiger and Rory's swings. But the Elder Woods wants it to look more like the current world number one. So he's on the Hero World Challenge coverage with Dan Hicks and Paul Azinger, and he says, I told Charlie, don't copy my swing, copy Rory's. 
Interesting, right? Right. The 82-time PGA Tour winner joked that he can't move like that anymore. And, you know, before lobbing some more praise on McElroy's swing, he says to Dan Hicks, have you ever seen Rory off balance in a shot? To which Dan Hicks kind of smiled and smirked and was like, no. Right. He goes, not ever. That's one of the things my dad instilled in me. And it said you should be, be able to be on balance as you hold your finish until the ball rolls and stops. You can swing as hard as you want, but you need to have balance. Wow. I mean, could there be a bigger compliment than to yeah, have Tiger sure. copy your swing for his son, right? Personally, I think he's just trying to build his ego for tomorrow's <laughs> match, but I think either way, it's great. It's great. There. Oh, here we go. Project Wedge. Live Golf and its disruptive introduction into professional golf began as a concept named Project Wedge. According to a motion filed by the PGA Tour Friday in U.S. District Court, Project Wedge was the internal designation at the Public Investment Fund, the PIF, of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for Live Golf according to the motion, which seeks to have Yasir al-Rumiyan, the governor of the PIF and Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, deposed and comply with discovery in a lawsuit that was filed against the tour by a group of players and Live Golf earlier this summer. Ready for a little disorder in the court? Yeah. It's right here in... <laughs> Although Al-Rumian and Piff are not named in the lawsuit, the fund has invested $2 billion and owns an estimated 85% of Live although the exact amount has been redacted in court filings. <laughs> Attorneys for Al Rumian said that, you know, th this is not going to happen. The PGA Tour needs to prove that he's involved or he's not getting deposed. Well, the tour's response claimed that Al Rumian functions as the Liv's chief executive, meeting regularly with Liv's nominal CEO, Greg Norman, approving Liv's United States and the micromanaging of Liv's day-to-day -day options. The player recruitment, everything that's going on, the business in the United States, um, that Al Rumian is the central figure, and we need to talk to him in the court of law. All right? So I'm mixing Greg Norman's theme. <laughs> I was wondering what was going on there. Of course, Northern District California Judge Susan Van Coolen could rule on these motions um, within due time right now. So it seems, you know, we learned in all this. Yeah. Uh, Norman's ego does have a boss after all. <laughs> there you go. Right. Absolutely. I can't wait for Netflix in January. <laughs> this thing's going to be unbelievable. All right. Um, the net. Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, look at the time. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's go with uh, the WMPO goes all in. Scottsdale, Arizona. On-site betting is coming to the PGA Tour. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Yep. Pay all right. me. Pay yes. me. The PGA Tour and DraftKings held a groundbreaking ceremony this past Monday at TPC Scottsdale, site of the WM Phoenix Open, on the first sports book to be located at a tournament venue. It's a big deal, said PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. I mean, that's the best quote they could. It's, it's a big, big deal. deal, right? Uh, the building, which has already broken ground, is set to open in October. That'll be next October. I got more money than Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Will be 12,000 square feet and located to the east of the TPC Scottsdale Stadium course, which hosts the tournament. It'll hold about 390 people. It'll be open year-round and serve food and drinks. Because that's important, as long as the sports yeah. book opened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, five years ago, Monian said, I don't, you know, we never kind of saw this coming, but suddenly it's here. Um, we want to make certain we're focused on making sure this works and it works in a way that creates an experience for those people that are coming down here and playing golf. Yes, exactly. Right. I'm not sure where all that change is going to. Yes, for sure. It's going to read the line. Uh you know, um, the T the sports book at TPC Scottsdale will be open for bets on all sports, not just golf, yada, yada, yada. Um, it won't be open during next year's WMPO. It's going to be used for hospitality. Oh, okay. Hospitality. Yeah, I think you and I need that credential. Sure. For hospitality. sure. Hospitality. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we got to go. We got to go with one more quick one here. Our buddy, my favorite when it comes to the weekly update mm -hmm. is, of course, J.R. Smith. And he's what got some. I might like the theme song better than I like JR. But anyway, all right. He's got words for LeBron. So JR Smith was on the golf channel a week or so ago, and he was commenting when they showed a social media video of LeBron at Top Golf. He goes, he had to comment on LeBron James' swing. He says, the golf game, he goes, I don't know if he has the fluidity. I'm just going to say to perfect that swing or to not perfect it, well, he. He, maybe he can't move around as easily as he thinks he can. It's going to take him a while. He's going to need some lessons. 
Oh, lessons. Ooh, it's going to need lessons. <laughs> so the whether LeBron's the good or not, you know, according to Mr. JR, who has a 4.0 in NCAA yep. A&T, um, he's definitely going to need some lessons. And uh, he goes, I'd love to get him on the course, Smith said. For him, I think it would be amazing being in nature, being outdoors, and being away from everybody. You get to throw your phone in the bag, have a drink, smoke a cigar, just enjoy the time. I think that would be such an amazing part of his life and give him time to himself, that peace of mind, you know? It's a crazy time of year there, Mr. Wade Weezer. So we're going to use JR's words of wisdom <laughs> and we're going to put all of this into perspective, the holidays, etc. If you have a chance to go out and play some golf this weekend, folks, go do it. And that's your Pro Show update for the week ending December 9th, 2022. Thanks to our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Thanks to my producer, Mr. Wade Weezer. And most importantly, you know I love my listeners. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about sleep. Try holding a candle that burns at both ends. If this is your approach to life, I can assure you at some point, you're going to get burned. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.